Hi. Welcome again. It's Ian Wallace, the messed up counsellor. <laughs> Today what I want to have a conversation with you about is partners. Partners in intimate, close, emotionally connected relationships. And I'm thinking about partners and I'm thinking about how we connect to them. And whether or not they can be everything we need them to be. And I don't know whether or not that's something that we think about when we first get together. You know, partners usually will come through a process of friendships and then they will become more connected, more committed, more joined up. You may just live with somebody. You may not live with them. You may, you may connect with them as a primary partner as somebody that is in that relationship with you. So when we look at partners, the people we choose, the people we connect to, and whether those connections can be the things we need, sometimes that evolves over a period of time. Sometimes it's fairly instant. You know. But sometimes when we're evolving and we're changing, and they're changing, obviously, we're all changing most of the time, then that partnership, that connection, then becomes more usually committed in some way. Maybe we might say to them, well, okay, you're going to be our primary partner. We're not going to have relationships with other people, those intimate relationships. And I don't mean necessarily physically intimate, but emotionally intimate. So we're going to share more. We're going to connect more. We're going to be more committed in our views and our worlds. And that means that we will find out more about them. They will find out more about us. They will find out likes, dislikes. And when we move those partners from friendships into a different connection, a more closer connection, then we find out things about them that we may not have known. You know, they say when you live with somebody, you really know them. You know, their toothbrushes, their clothes, their tidiness, their untidiness, their hygiene, <laughs> lots of things that we find out when we live with people. So those things we might not have known before we moved into that next step of becoming partnerships. And relationships are many and varied. There is no one way to have any relationship. Uh, it's the two people involved and what they want from it. And so relationships can be many and varied. And I'm a great believer in that. So people think it has to follow a certain pattern or a certain connection. And other people might have that idea of your partnership. Other family members, other friends. You know, well, this is the way I have a relationship. Why are you not having a relationship the same way? And they may have influence on us. They may say they like or dislike the person that's with us. They dislike things about them all sorts of things, because of their reasons. So when we get to being partners and we share that closer bonding relationship with that person, or persons, then that process means that we, we find different things that they fulfil in us. So an example of that might be that we have a friendship where we share a hobby, an interest. Go to the pub, dancing, history, 
technology, whatever. We have something that they have that we have that shares our world. And we get closer to them. And we move that to a more connected, more committed relationship. And then we might say, well, okay, you know, do you want a, a relationship where we may, I don't know, live together, rent something together, get engaged, get married, have kids. All these differences in developments of our relationship. So initially, as I said, we might have a hobby and interest together. That might be the thing that joins us together. And then we start living with them. And so then their families, their friends, their people might connect to us because they're connected to them. So we will have to share them. We will have to be more accommodating, more negotiation, more compromise. You know, if you've got a, a flat, a house, a property, and somebody moves in with you, then naturally they're going to want some storage. They're going to want some space to put their things. They're going to bring their things into your world. And that process can be sometimes really awkward because we don't necessarily have those conversations before they happen. We don't usually preempt those things. How will it be? What will it be? How much space will I have? <laughs> yeah, I've got my favourite chair and it's going to fit into your flat. <laughs> you know, those kind of things. So we become closer, more committed, more connected, and then we find out different things about them. And whether they can fulfill all our needs, we naturally, as human beings, have expectations of what we want, what we don't want, what somebody can or cannot give us. Um, and those may be something that we've never talked about with them never shared but we have an assumption that they will fit into our world in the way we want them to um, if we don't have those conversations with partners then we can't know whether or not those expectations are realistic unrealistic whether or not they can physically do it whatever that might be so as we move those partnerships then we may want them to tick more of our boxes more of our needs more of our requirements. And without having a conversation, without having some kind of dialogue, how do we ever know? Now, people come to me in the counselling room and they've been married a year, for example, and suddenly they're in some kind of disturbance, some kind of conflict. Now, conflict doesn't usually occur on that day. It's usually got a run-up of feelings, emotions, connections, and those processes build and build and build until there's a, a, a point, a tipping point, where those things become awkward, become things I need to talk about because it's annoying me so much. So when we get people in relationships that have been together a short period of time in a more committed, connected way, then sometimes that's because we haven't had that conversation of what this new different, more connected process will look like. And then we find that we're in a different place than we thought we would be. That's not their fault. We've not had that conversation. How could they sign up to something that they didn't realise? So when we get those kind of things in the counselling rooms, it's sometimes unrealistic to expect one person's world to be exactly the same as the other person's world. 
was when you had the hobby, the interest, you were very connected in one thing, one process in your life. And that's great. But that's not your life. Your life has many facets. So when we move in together, when we connect more closely, those expectations are really hard sometimes to sort out, to work out. And when we get to a point, if you can imagine the kind of a seesaw process where one person's on one end and one person's on the other, and the realistic or unrealistic expectations is weighing the seesaw down on one side, and the other person actually probably doesn't know about that because we've never voiced it, and all of a sudden we voice it and it kind of goes boom. And that tipping point in work with couples, connections with partners, is sometimes really hard to come back from. Because it'll have been growing for a while, quite naturally usually, and it becomes a big, big thing. So when we look at those partnerships, it's really, really good to have a constant process of communication in order to say where people are, where are you in this relationship? How is this relationship affecting you? What is the difference between what we expected, our assumptions, and the reality of where that is? And if we can have those conversations ongoing, we keep that balance somewhere in the middle. It doesn't become a tipping point. It doesn't become one where it's overbalanced from one side or the other. But that's not what we do as human beings, unfortunately. Be nice if we did. We allow things, we appease, we give in, we do a whatever kind of process. Yeah, yeah, whatever you need is okay, it's nothing, a problem for me. If there is a problem, it builds as a resentment, a disconnection process. So partnerships go through this evolving process always and forever really because things change us yeah you may connect together and you both have daytime jobs so you finish at six seven whatever and then one of you gets a shift job that's going to massively change your relationship so these things that are not about the relationship external to the relationship can affect the relationship yeah you may have children that you didn't have when you first got together. And when that child is born, that will change the dynamic of the relationship quite naturally. And there's a process of disconnection, rebalancing needed. But nobody has a conversation of what is it going to be like when we're married? What is it going to be like when we live together? What is it going to be like when we have children? What is it going to be like when I have this job that takes me away during the week and I'm only at home at weekends what is it going to be like and until we have those conversations we really can't get some kind of negotiated comp compromise understanding of what that looks like and that's where the disharmony comes in within my work with families and couples they don't have that conversation and no one person will ever tick all your boxes. How can they? How can they be you? 
you normally find in relationships, and it's an old saying, opposites attract, which is true. Because we look for people who are different to us. We look for people who can give us something that we don't have. So you'll find an extrovert might get with an introvert. And we rebalance that process by engaging with that person. So the introvert becomes a bit more extrovert. Extrovert becomes a bit more introvert. And we balance it. But they'll never be exactly the same. They'll never be exactly the same. They're different. We're different. Everybody's different. So that process of connection with the things that we first found that were attractive and interesting to us, which is very strange that when the relationship becomes traumatic in some way, those are the very things that annoy us. Very things that annoy us are the very things that were interesting at the beginning when a relationship becomes traumatic. So we need to rebalance. And that's what counselling does to a certain extent. It kind of helps people to analyse, look at, reflect, and reconnect and rebalance that process. We become like a mediator. Somebody who kind of gets both people's languages and kind of brings them into a shared language. So we become an interpreter. We become those things to engage with that two people, three people, four people, if it's a family, to kind of get those kind of conversations happening in a respectful, valuing way. But it would be really nice if you didn't need us. My job, as a counsellor, is to make me redundant. That's my job, is to make me redundant. So you don't need me. You can do it all on your own. Whatever process I engage with with a person, hopefully... Whatever we do is then something they can do by themselves. So they don't need me. So every counsellor should be made redundant. That means we're doing a really good job. But in that process of partnerships and ticking those boxes and those feelings and emotions that run high in relationships that we don't talk about are the very things that create a problem. Most of my world is initially about communication. It always, always starts off with communication. And we build a communication process. And that helps both people in partnerships to understand each other. To understand what is something I want, something I don't want. How do I define that? And that disconnection process is because of not communicating. It's not because of communicating. So in this process of partnerships and ticking boxes, nobody but nobody will ever tick all your boxes. They will never supply all your needs, all your requirements. Hopefully they'll supply a good proportion of them, but they'll never ever supply all of them. And it's unrealistic that one person can ever supply all our needs. And you find if couples, if connections, if partnerships and more engaged with each other 24-7, so people that maybe work together and live together, those become very awkward because they become very claustrophobic for one or other of those people. It's too close, it's too engaging 
24-7. I need space. I need a breath of fresh air. I need to be outside of this relationship in some way, shape or form. And that's normally why relationships break down. Because it's unbalanced. The time spent in the relationship is not the time that actually that person can cope with. So when you have partnerships, when you have relationships, when you have things that really mean an awful lot to you, then have the conversations. Check out what that person can deliver. What is okay before you go into these processes of changing relationships, before you get married, before you live together, before you have children, before you change your roles, your jobs, your functions before you take on new things. Any change in any relationship or anything we have and we get, naturally we lose something to get something, even if that's only time. So if we take up a hobby, and interest, say we might become a, a runner, for example, where we have to train every day. That time we spend doing the running is going to take away from the time that we spend in the relationship. And we need to have a conversation about how that's going to be. What are the parameters? What's okay? What's not okay? Where's the boundaries in that process? And that's all about communication. But one person will never, ever be everything. The best relationships, they say, are ones where we have time together, just the couple, even if there's kids, just the couple is needed, Without the kids, without the responsibilities, without roles. That's the reason we got together in the first place. We need to have time apart, doing hobbies, interests. And we need to have time with friends or family. So we need to socialise as a couple. We need to have separate interests as a couple. And we need to have the couple time. And that's really hard to keep in balance with life. The pressures of life at the moment for most people. So if you can have those constant conversations, constant communication of change, of developing, of growing, whatever's going on for you, then hopefully you can have better relationships with the people around you. My name's Ian Wallace. I'm a messed up counsellor. Hope you found that really interesting and rewarding. Take care.